Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> you know, I, 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 there is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon, You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Tuesday, February 13. It is four minutes past 10 o'clock, and the Montreal Canadiens were absolutely on fire. Blah, blah, rouge. I'm in one of those moods, Canadians fans. Get ready. Joining me in just a couple of minutes, former Montreal Canadian Maxime Lapierre of La Poche Bleu. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, where you can feel the energy tonight from the Montreal Canadians and Energy Transportation Group is the leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. Also brought to you in part by these guys right over here, Brewed in Quebec. And a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. Also brought to you in part by Playground, 30,000 square feet of new gaming, dining, and entertainment space. Time to reacquaint yourself with Playground, world-class sushi, triple-A steaks, live shows, a brand-new poker floor, and so much more. Located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal Playground. Playground, experience the strip without the trip. Unlike Agnello, uh, who spent the last week in Vegas, where he experienced the trip and probably even this trip because you know what happens in vegas stays in vegas he's blushing right now and also brought to you in part by accent insurance solutions you know all insurance isn't created equal and you know where to find the right solution for you accent insurance accent doesn't sell insurance they shop insurance for you to find the right product right on the money whatever your insurance needs home automobile or business it's funny Every time I see Accent's phone number, I immediately think of my buddy, Sergio Momeso. Call the Accent team today, 514-363-3636. Without further ado, let's bring him in, former Hab, Maxim Lapierre. Salut, Tony. What's going on with you? How are you, buddy? What a game, man. Very, very good. Very good. I'm actually uh, just, uh, if I can, you'll give me one second here. I'm actually going to retweet that we're on right now because it's very important to retweet because uh, I always get told, make sure you retweet. So there you go. I I retweeted. Okay. I retweeted. Let me guess what we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, 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 Alex Burrows, (laughs) Alex Burrows. You know what? I got to tell you, you've been on the Burrows bandwagon and tonight is your opportunity to say, Hey, I told you so, and it's okay. 
no, be, uh, I'm just uh, obviously it's all fun uh, uh, talking about it with the, the the fans on Twitter and all that, but are on X. But uh, I wanted to talk about the power play. Isn't that beautiful when you have options on both sides? You, you know what the difference is? I'm happy is? you're saying this, Max, because the entire time I'm watching the game tonight, I'm saying, look, I understand Anaheim's not the Soviet Union. Okay, I get it. Yeah. But the entire oh, yeah, yeah. time I'm watching the game tonight, I'm saying to myself, I don't remember when was the last time a Canadian's power play looked this good. I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about it, to tell me what you like. Then I'm going to tell you what I like. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's just it's the Slavkovsky factor, first of all. And I think uh, Newark is doing a phenomenal job as a bumper. I think we cannot underestimate the job he's doing right now. You know, we, we it, I'm going to start there. We always talk about the bumper. What is the bumper? Yeah. You know, so so people like some sometimes people, they don't really understand what, what the role of the bumper is. But it's, it's basically a safety net. Forever as the puck on the power play, uh, if you you have pressure on you, the, the the a good bumper is always even with you to receive a pass or to get you out of trouble. Takes a stick in the slot so Suzuki can do the pass across to Caulfield or Suzuki. You know all the little details that make sure that you can have a good uh, passing game on the power play. And right now we got Caulfield, we got Slavkowski. At the beginning of the year, the PK from the other team was coming in town and they were just playing half half of the zone. That's all they had to worry about because there was one guy. It was Caulfield. They were basically not respecting Slavkowski. Now the game has changed because of the kid. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you this. You're right. Newhook sets up as the bumper. But I'm going to tell you what I loved about this power play. At times, I saw a rotation. I saw Suzuki in the bumper. At yeah. times, I saw a rotation. I saw Slavkowski in the bumper. I saw, for the first time in a very long time, a power play that is no longer static where guys just stay in the same spot and they move the puck A to B to C to D to E yeah. or one to five. Yeah. Now there's movement, not only with the puck, but the guys are in movement. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, Suzuki could be in the bumper. Then Suzuki could be on the half wall. Then Suzuki, you know, there's so much movement and it's confusing other teams. Yeah. And, The Anaheim Ducks tonight on the penalty kill, they looked like they were mesmerized. They probably yeah. watched the power play and said, okay, you know what? We know what to do. And then all of a sudden, the Canadians started doing what they were doing, and Anaheim didn't know what to do. Yeah, but they're they're moving to knee for one reason, is that now the first first play they make during the power play works. You know, if your first pass is a shitty pass, sorry my language, but you're, you're no, not... No, 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 you're... Except this, this, is, this is not radio, by the way. Oh, uh, okay. Happy, Nash, uh, happy radio, national world radio day today. Yeah. Uh, or uh, what is it? World, yeah, actually, something like that. But yeah. um, but this is podcast. You can say whatever you want. And I well, don't get it. If it's not a shitty pass for the first pass, then you can yeah. keep keep on with your plan. You know, like if, if it doesn't work when you enter the zone and guys are disorganized, you're not going to get to the the next step and that's what they're doing right now the first pass is on the tape then it gives time to the guy to to change position to get open we didn't have that luxury at the beginning of the season you know what happened i don't know if it was the first or second power play uh of tonight's game but at one point also something happened it's because they had the puck the whole time they were in the zone the whole time the first unit stayed the whole two minutes yeah and it's about time to that. me it's about time i love that You know, I, 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 never, I never understood why we take your best player 
off the ice. I, I understand if they look tired and they've played so many minutes and whatever. Just leave them until they score a goal. They do it in Edmonton. They do it in Colorado. You know, they're smart players. Suzuki, if he's tired, is he's going to get off the ice. Like, they, they, they won't cheat their team. Anyway, I don't think so. Yeah. Max, at one point, when because the power play has been a roller coaster, right? It was down, it was up, it was down, it was up. And obviously, it's in a very, very good moment right now. I think since Christmas, it's at a rate of over 25%. Uh, before the game, it was 19th in the league. I would imagine with a couple of power play goals tonight, it'll probably be able to get itself in the top 15, maybe. Um, but when it wasn't working and I was picking on you and picking on your buddy, Alex Burroughs, you said to me, take a look at the players' first wave of the power play, all the teams in the National Hockey League. Yep. The Canadians don't have the elements to have a very productive power play. Exactly. Okay, they got healthier now, and Slavkovsky today is a much different player than Slavkovsky game one this season. Yeah. But you know what else we're noticing? Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are two really good power play players. Like, you know, like Suzuki is really something. Yeah, He's but that's really something on the power play. That was my point at the beginning of the season, Tony. Look at the difference it makes when a 19-year-old gets better and when a captain is confident and when your shooter gets a shot back. Like you need players to have success on the power play. There's no like the guys playing PK on the other team, they're They're really good at what they do. You know, I've done that my whole life. The only focus is to be good on the PK. They know how to block shot. They know how to cut the, the passing lane. They know how to do their job. So if you're not sharp, if you're not focused, if you're not in sync, if your breakout doesn't work, if your passing game doesn't work, you're not going to get stats. You're not going to score goals. Power play is not easy. You know, you, we always think, oh, it's five on four. You're supposed to score. It's very complicated because there is basically the only place in hockey that you're I'm going to compare it to football. You know, your quarterback yeah. goes, he's got to play. But if you're if yeah. you don't if you don't do your route, if one player one player doesn't do his route, you're done. Look, at, uh, let's talk about Slavkowski. Actually, there's a couple of stats I think uh, if we can bring them up during the broadcast. Let's bring up those stats here. Um via third period goal that he scored, Slavkowski has 20 points in his last 24 games to also tie Riche for the seventh most career points by a Habs teenager with 37. Those with more, Tremblay, Galchenyuk, Svoboda, Kokkinyemi, Hunter, and Alfie Turcotte. All right, others. Another one here on Slavkowski. His recent stats, six-game point streak, five goals, four assists, nine points in his last six games, 12 points in his last 11 games, 19 points in his last 22 games. And once again, he's 19 years old. Look, Max, I'm going to tell you something. When he was drafted first overall, it wasn't unanimous because, you know, we had talked about Shane Wright for a while and everyone knew that Logan Cooley was a really nice talent, but Everyone could understand the Canadians taking Slavkowski in the end because, you know what, this guy is a big beast. He's a monster. And uh, we saw the, um, the growing pains, which all things considering, he's only 19. They haven't been that much. There's only one season of growing pains, really, when you think about it. Um, and a shortened season last year due to injury where he played half the season. But I'm going to say this. 
when I looked into my crystal ball, as much as I wanted this guy to be good, I would have never thought that his playmaking ability would be this good. I'm blown away. I would have I would have never expected him. You would have told me he could be a 40-goal guy. I would have said, okay, I see it. You would have told me you think that uh, he could be um, uh, a bruising guy to play against because of his size. I could tell you I could see it. A playmaker like this? The way he's looking for Suzuki, sometimes he looks like the playmaker. Suzuki looks like the scorer. I'm blown away. I didn't expect him to have this playmaking ability, Max. I had a, a heated argument on my podcast about uh, it was in October when things weren't do- going well. And I, I was mad because I was saying this guy's got a phenomenal hockey IQ. I, w- I could not believe that some people don't see it, even if he doesn't play well. Like, he's such a smart guy defensively you know what and now i'm gonna push it i didn't it see it by the way i yeah. didn't see it and i was part I, of your push bleu yeah. i didn't see it but i not that i didn't think that he could have it yeah i just thought it was going to take him longer because he's a big body yeah and big bodies usually don't exercise the iq as much as smaller players yeah. do yeah, i knew it sure. would come yeah. i just thought it would take time i did not think he would see the game the way he's been seeing it In the last month, it looks like the game slowed down for him. He's, I'm he's blown un- away. He's unreal. And okay, now we're we're just gonna have fun. But I'm I was watching the game upstairs, and I was thinking this guy could probably be a very good center. Just the way he reads the game in the in the defensive zone. You know, sometimes you see a young guy, a winger, they they look out of place when they they're down low helping their defenseman. He doesn't care. He's calm. He protects the center of the eyes. Gives a good options to his D-man, to his wingers when when he's down low. I I would not be surprised if they do a test one day, just just to see. I know we've done it in Montreal, Montreal with guys like Drouin and all that, but that's there's nothing to do with that. I think he's a smart guy. He's strong defensively. He's strong physically, which is a good good thing. He's good offensively. He's he's the full package, and I. I want to repeat that you don't get draft first overall. And yes, it happened in history, but there's a reason why you go first overall. And in any draft, normally the top three, they have something very special. That's a special player. Very special so, player. This is, uh, this is a great comment that you threw out there because I already know right now, Agnello and Sammy and Juliana, master control, Cut the tape right there. Maxim LaPierre saying that Slavkovsky could be an awesome centerman. We're going to have it all over social media, maybe as early <laughs> as tonight. But no, but I'm happy. You're, you know why, eh? Because right now we have a bunch of people watching us on YouTube Live. We have a bunch of people watching us on Facebook Live. We've got a bunch of people watching us on Twitter Live. And they some of them probably agree with what you're saying. But the second you just said that, some people probably went like this, put their hands on their head and started saying, Well, no, because if he plays yeah. center, he's not going to play with Suzuki yeah. and Caulfield I'm, except I'm, for on the power hey, play. Let's be clear. He's not going to play center. I'm just saying he's got a lot of tools, I think, to be a good center. Hey, I mean, I mean, we, we saw Brent Burns play forward, you know, like <laughs> everything is possible. That's not what I wish for, but I think he's, my point was he's that good of a hockey player. 
This coming in from Leo X. Tony, admit it. You never watched the kid play in La Liga and that you barely watched the Olympics and that you only scouted Slavkovsky by looking at Hockey DB. Anyone who watched him play before the National Hockey League knew. Yeah, because Leo watched all his games in La Liga, okay? So, Leo, no, you know what? <laughs> I did not watch Slavkovsky play in La Liga, and I'm willing to bet that you behind the keyboard did not either, okay? That's number one. Number two, I did watch Slavkowski play in the Olympics. Number three, I did watch Slavkowski play in the World Championships. And number four, I talked to a lot of scouts who did watch Slavkowski play at all levels. But he still surprised me, and he's still surprising others as well. Leo, go suck an egg. All right, okay, continue. There we go. That's it. That's it. Hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's nice. Be prepared with the shades. You get prepared with the glasses tonight. Right before we started the podcast, I go upstairs. I ask my wife. I say, "Do you have like something to spray water and sunglasses?" She goes, "Why?" I'm like, "I have no idea why he does that during the podcast, but I want to do it too tonight." Good one. <laughs> All right. Uh, so now all the uh, all the experts are coming out. Uh, uh, Julian says Julian Pereira uh, says um, then Tony. Uh, hold on a second here. Um, uh, uh, Tony, where is he? Tony, uh, stop spraying olive oil everywhere. First of all, it's not olive oil, Julian. And secondly, it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. All right, guys, girls, it's my podcast. I could do Hey, somebody somebody sent me this the other day. They said to me, they said, hey, Tony, can you stop spraying your hair? You're no longer in radio. You're in a podcast now. We see you. Duh. Don't you think I do it because it's kind of become like a running gag? And that's why I do it? You actually think I spray my hair because I actually think I just have to put water in my hair? I do it because it's become a running gag on the podcast. That's why I do it. God. Oh, my God. All right. Julian, go to the park. Go fly a kite. It's nice out. Uh, all right. Okay. Everyone's coming out tonight. So tonight, that Slavkowski picked up his three, his first three-point night in the National Hockey League. Tonight, all the experts are coming out. Everyone knew he was a great playmaker. Everyone knew that he was a great point getter. Everyone knew that he was a great goal scorer. Everyone knew that he was dominant. And by the way, if they end up playing him at center at one point and he and he turns out to be pretty good, they're going to have known that he was a great centerman. Oh, but they're also the same ones who are saying that he got caught with his head down too many times. He probably should have been in Laval because of his confidence. But they're not on record. We do podcasts. Everything we say is on record. Give it to us. Don't take it. You hide behind the keyboard there and say that you knew all along. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Mimi e kogo pada di All right, okay. Did you sleep last night? <laughs> look edgy a little bit. <laughs> you okay, Tony? I always said, I said, I said, give me entertainment. Now, on the other hand, if I'm Pat Verbeek, yeah. I'm livid tonight. Like, look, we know that they're tanking. We know that. You know what this looked like? 
with all due respect to Dominic Ducharme, remember when the Canadians were tanking and they were like losing those games? They were like, they were actually weren't tanking because the tank started after when he left. They 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 decided to go in tank mode. He was not in a rebuild, but when they were getting blown out because the care level just went down the the, the drain, that's what Anaheim looked like tonight. Oh, and by the way, if somebody tells me again that Trevor Zegras is a bad egg in that locker room and the culture is bad in Anaheim because of Trevor Zegras and that he's individual and he's selfish. Hey, Trevor Zegras is hurt. He wasn't played tonight. They suck without him. Suck. Yeah, that's tough uh, Tough to watch. Huh? When you watch uh, Anaheim in Chicago, you know, like it's uh, – I know they got good young guys, but that this is where the, the line need, needs to be drawn like – the culture it's still important when you're losing and it's okay to lose when you're a young team and you don't have to accept it but there's a way to lose i think you need to be in a certain structure you need to to show like you need to show that you're fighting for a spot in the nhl and the, you know even on the other team i'm watching veterans and i'm like man if you want to get out of there give your chance to get out of there you know play a good game so somebody comes and gets you get you you know like it's it's embarrassing like it's a, they have pretty good players when you look at it on paper. They're not a bad team, but tough effort. All right. Um, they looked bad tonight. Uh, it was pretty awful. Uh, it was pretty awful the way they look. Hey, Gignac scores his first goal. And I, not, you know what? The first time I saw him play, I said, this kid's got energy. He's got NHL wheels. He can skate. And you know what? Because of the injuries, Evans is playing up in the lineup, or else Evans probably would have been on the fourth line. But because of the injuries, now we're seeing Gignac. I like him. You know, when you talk about those kids, these these Gutsche knew that they know what it means to be a Montreal Canadian. They know the history. They know the culture. Uh, they were Canadians fans growing up. They they I you know. I follow him on Facebook. I don't know if you if you saw this. I follow him on Facebook. He actually put up a picture of him in a Canadian's uniform as a kid. And, and he put up a post saying, you know, my dream come true, playing for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, tonight he scored his first goal with the Montreal Canadiens, his first goal in the National Hockey League. His dream come true must be amazing. I yeah. like him. Oh, yeah. Best, uh, best feeling in the world. You know what, actually? You were saying? Did I miss out what you were saying? That, that's what he's going to get tonight. First goal. Uh, that's what you get. First goal in the oh, NHL. Oh, that's what you get? Like that? Wow. Let me see that. First goal in the National Hockey League, 14 of December 2006 versus Tampa Bay. 4-2, but de la Pierre. Assist going to Commissaric and Murray. 6-38 in the third. Mark Denis was your goalie. Yeah, that's what he's going to get. Tonight. On Martini, pardon me. On Martini. Yeah. So Gignac is going to get one of those. That's 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 a good oh, moment, you know, like for playing for the Canadian. What are the trophies you have there? What are the trophies you have there? I got the uh, Clarence Campbell. I got the first hat trick. I got the uh, what is that? President trophy. I got two of them from Vancouver. Wow, so every player gets a, a mini trophy of either winning the conference or winning uh, or finishing yeah. first overall was, in the league. I was pretty close from getting my small little Stanley Cup, but Game 7 uh, went, went wrong. When you, when you do <laughs> win the Stanley Cup, does everyone get a little yeah. Stanley Cup too? Yeah, yeah. yeah same, uh, same size in the, than this one. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. You so, know, yeah, it, it, I, I think what he brings, Tony, is phenomenal. Gignac, like the speed, like, and let's let's forget about where, where the players are from for a minute. I think this is the future. Yeah. You need you need people that bring something, you know, like, because when you have speed and you're having a tough night, you still find a way to have an impact on, on, on the game. When you don't have speed and you're having a tough night, like, and I don't want to take him as an example because he's a, he's a great guy for the, the team. He has been great, but the guy like Gallagher, if he doesn't have his leg for, for a night and doesn't feel right, he doesn't bring anything to the table, you know, but a guy with speed always going to bring something. I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because you know what? The Canadians were not very good on the weekend. Okay. So it's yeah. not like the Canadians are a fantastic team without Gallagher. Yeah. But I'm just I'm getting used to seeing them without Gallagher and an opportunity for other players. Gignac has made the most of it, but it's not up to Gignac. It's Yelonen who's playing on the wing. I'm going to tell you this. Yelonen blew a real good opportunity. Eh? Yelonen blew it. And these five games that Gallagher has been suspended, it was up to Yelonen to step up. Yeah, He's been he the least convincing Canadians player, I think. You know, you know, Tony. I think I think he still works hard. The problem with those players is you need to find a way to be good offensively. Like you know, when you look at him, you get a good shot, good hands, good like good speed. But they need to score points to be able to crack the lineup because they're not tough enough or they don't bring enough defensively to play on the third and fourth line and have a serious impact on the game. And then he's he's good, but he's not consistent enough to. Like, he won't have points every night in the NHL. And those are the type of players. I always thought it was tough for them because they fall in between, you know, like they're not first liners, second liners, but they're also not third or fourth liners. So they cannot find a chair. You know, Marty St. Louis has been talking about find your chair within the team. Yeah. Like, there's no chairs for players that are in between everywhere, you know, like that. that's his problem. He's a, he's a good hockey player. But like you said, I think he missed... Uh, He missed a great opportunity to make uh, to make uh, the team long term. Hey, by the way, did you see the final score between the LA Kings and the Buffalo Sabers tonight? No. The Sabers won seven nothing. Unreal, eh? Unreal. The Anzi Kopitar, Anzi Kopitar, was minus six tonight. He <laughs> was minus six. Anzi Kopitar, one of the best 200-foot players in the National Hockey League the last 15 years, was yeah. minus six tonight. Yeah, well, you know That's what? That's unbelievable. They had a great start, but when you look at it, you got Kopitar, you got Dano, you got Pierre-Luc Dubois, and you got Byfield. You basically have four centers that want to play first center. I don't think that works on, on a team. Everybody wants to play the same amount of time on the first bar play. At the end of the day, they might be good teammates, but when you're frustrated inside, you don't play the right way. And maybe I'm wrong, but if you got four yeah. centers, you know, like Tony, like they don't have the ice time they, they want. That's for sure. I yeah. think this is why they're losing, but that's never good. Anyway, to me, that's yeah. my opinion. So um, here we are, February 13th. Last year, I think it was February 1st or February 2nd. And uh, George Larac was on the show. George is a very emotional guy. Like, I thought I was emotional. George is part of that, you know, 
George Larac, Norma Flynn, those two guys, very good friends of mine, and they've been on with me like a million times, whether it was, uh, you know, radio or podcast and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But those are guys that they always want to trade, you know? They, every week they're trading somebody somebody new, right? <laughs> every week they're trading somebody to try and get better right away, to try and get yeah. better right away, to try and get better right away. George last year said that he was going to trade Yuri Slavkovsky, and others put together a package for Dubois. I said to him, I said, George, you lost your mind or what? First of all, Pierre-Luc Dubois it doesn't beat with the same amount of beats as the average NHLer. He's he he lacks intensity, he lacks consistency. He's one of those players where he's not in the mood to play. He's not in the mood to play. It's kind of like Yoel Armia, Josh Anderson all over again. I get it. When he's on, he's a better player than them. Yeah. But um, you can't trade a first pick overall at the age of 18 for a Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's already been in the league as long as he's been in the league. We already know what kind of player he is. Not to mention the money factor. The guy was he's he was he wanted a new contract, right? He ended up signing a contract at over eight million, eight million dollars a year for a guy who's on an entry level contract yeah. and is only gonna end up being at his best five or six years from now. Anyway, you know, you know what, Tony? Like like during my career, I noticed one one thing is it doesn't matter the situation, it doesn't matter the age, the character of a player never change. Like, yes, players they get better. Yes, they evolve. They can have good times, but the character of a player always come back to his real nature at one point during the season, and that normally is when things are starting to go wrong. Everybody is a great player when you're winning and when you get your points and when everybody's smiling. When when it's cloudy in there, this is where you see the real character of a player. And it, I've never seen somebody that you say. You, when you talk about a player, you say you had a very bad attitude at the beginning and it changed. It You cannot change a human being. You either like to work or you don't like to work. You don't, you don't go to school and say, okay, I learned all I love to work. You know, there's three players that come to my mind. Unfortunately, <clears throat> for what it's, you know, it's, they're all from the province of Quebec, but you know, it's, it's just a coincidence, but Pierre-Luc Dubois, Jonathan Drouin and Jonathan Huberdo, they're all incredible talents. But they all love to play when they're in the mood to play. They all love to play when the game's coming easy. They all love to play when it becomes a wide-open game. And they all love to play when they have the puck on their stick. But when the game gets tougher or they don't have the puck on their stick or it's a different kind of game or they're not in the mood to play, it's just it's a disaster. You, you know it's, what? It's too bad, but and it's just that- it's like that. This is why there's so many teams that win in the playoffs and you're like, why are they so good? You know, like, why are they so good in the playoffs? They're half of the team. You don't even see them in the regular season. It's because on a Monday night in Carolina, the little details, they don't matter. You know, it's just another game. But when it's seven games in 10 days or in 14 days against the same guy that does the details, then it's tough to win a hockey game against those guys. Hey, so with the way Slavkovsky is going, 
his first three-point game of his career. He's on a, a point streak right now, 19 points in his last 22 games. What's this guy going to look like at 25? <laughs> I'm excited. I cannot wait to see him in the playoffs, first of all, and at one point in his career. But I'm, I don't want to be careful in what I'm saying, but we, we need to, to take a step back to at the same time. You know, like he's having a great moment right now, but he's still trying to discover who he is in the NHL. And right now... And he's, he's going to end up having some yeah, lows again. He's going to have lows again, but I, I think he's got the full package. I think just because the way he reacts defensively, and I just talk about details, but stick on stick, back check, going to the net, understanding where to get open, all... All those little things that are important to have success in the NHL, he's got it naturally. He's a hard worker. We've seen him all week practicing with Dr. Schott and practicing after practice. And I heard he's first at the rink, last out of the rink. That matters, Tony. When you're 19 years old, you know, and that, you know what the next test is for him is, is he going to be, become in the next few games a cookie monster now that he likes having points and goals every game? Is he going to start cheating a little bit on the other side? I don't think it will happen, but that's that's a normal a normal progression for a young guy now is to keep playing the same way and focus on the process and not focus on the stats. And if next game he doesn't have a point, he cannot start cheating, you know? He has to, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he does, he has to trust that the way he's playing right now is going to make him have a lot of success in the NHL. Good luck paying this guy in a few years. Hey, Marty St. Louis... Tonight was a great game for the coaching staff. And once again, Anaheim was terrible. Okay, but let's let's okay, let's bring up the lineup if we can. Let's bring up the two lineups. All right. So for the Montreal Canadiens, Suzuki Slavkowski, Caulfield. On the second line, Evans, Anderson, Pearson. On the third line, we haven't even talked about Evans' goal, by the way. A nice play, Anderson yeah. to Pearson to Evans, backhand and close. He's got he's got good hands, uh, Jake Evans. He surprises people. Yeah. Newhook with uh, Armie on his right, and Joshua Roy on his left. Gignac with Yulanen on his right, Pizet on his left. On defense, Matheson, Gouli, Struble, Savard, Jackai, Kovacevic, and Caden Primo was in goal. For the Anaheim Ducks, all right. Carlson in between Strom and Enrique. McTavish in between Terry and Vetrano. Uh, Lundestrom in between Silverberg and Jones. And Carrick in between Gru and Johnston. On defense, Lacombe, Fowler, Vikanen, Gudash, Mintyukov, and Labushkin. And in goal was Dostal. All right. There's three things, two or three things I love from the coaching staff today. Number one when it was starting to get dirty down the stretch and there were some scraps in this game, there were three of them. Kovacevic fought, Gouli fought, Jackai fought, three defensemen fought for the Canadians. But when it was clear that some Anaheim players wanted to start something purposely because they had to, you know, save face a little bit in front of their coach or try and show yeah. that, hey, you know what, uh, I'm upset that we lost. Marty St. Louis put a lot of tough guys and some death players on the ice at the end. He had Jack Guy and Pizzetta killing a penalty just in case something happened. He had his fourth liners just in case something happened. He's not putting Caulfield and Suzuki on the ice down the stretch when it started to get ugly. That was very, very smart of him. Wise yep. move, number one. Yep. Number two, there's something else that I liked. 
because the game was out of whack, you didn't need to play Matheson as much as you played him. Unfortunately, he still got a little bit too much for me. He got 23-12. I would have liked it to be a little bit less, but Gouli 19-19, Struble 17-28, Savard 17-01, Kovacevic 16-48, Jacki 16-33. There was less of a gap and the minutes were more balanced. Right? Yeah. We didn't see Jacki getting 10 minutes tonight. We saw Jacki getting over 16 and a half. That was perfect. You know, it was good. With a, with a fight. The way they managed too. the minutes with a fight. And Kovacevic you know. got 16-48 with a fight. It was, you know, they it was well balanced. It was good. It was very, yeah. very good. You know what? You're you're talking about Kovacevic, and I'm obviously not saying we're going to get much for him, but I wonder if there's not a team right now looking at him at the trade deadline. I'm not saying he's a top six, but in a good team, but he's a good safety net, I think. He's a defenseman that does his little job. He's not flashy. He's he seems like a great teammate. Can play tough, you know, like simple off the glass type of defenseman. Like I wonder if there's not a team that could offer a little something for guys like you know, like Kovacevic to me, obviously not to the same level, but he brings a little bit the same thing that Josh Georges was bringing when I was playing, you know, like he's gonna block shot, he's gonna yeah. do his little job. I think I think he's been good for the Canadian. Like he's giving time to the young defensemen to improve and get more ice time and he's just accepting his role and you need those those type of players in the dressing room you know i'm torn on this player and i'm going to tell you why i take a look at the canadians and all the young defensemen that they have in jordan harris and then justin barron and uh and struble obviously and jack guy and logan mayu And uh, and uh, Lane Hudson's going to be coming, and Ryan Backer's going to be coming, and you're going to have to make room for these guys, right? So to make room for these guys, they can't all play here. Some of them are going to go. So Kovacevic is the guy that comes to mind that he's going to go. But this guy is a six foot five, two hundred and twenty five pound defenseman who can take care of himself. Okay, yep. who's who's a right handed shot. And he makes $767,000 a year. Exactly. You're, and that's going to be a salary next year, too. Yeah. Like this guy, in his mid-20s, at $767,000 this year and next year, right-handed defenseman at six foot five, this guy would be like a team's dream, especially in a salary cap world, especially in a depth world especially for a team that's going to make the playoffs. And here we are, and we're thinking that he's going to have to be the one that's going to go to make room for the others. It's um, it's kind of crazy, but I, in, in a way, it's well, in a way, a nice problem to have. It means you have a lot of depth, right? You have a lot of depth, but at one point, you know, like if you start looking at, like, let's say we do a proje projection right now. You, your Goulet is there for sure. You know, Mayu is doing great in the American Hockey League. Uh, Hudson is supposed to be coming, and everybody is saying he's unreal. But obviously, we know he's unreal, but we're going to wait to see what he's going to do in the NHL first. We we have a lot of great defensemen, that, but I see defensemen that are going to make a lot of money. You know, like And you need guys like Kovacevic. You need guys like Harris. You need guys like Jakai that are going to be on the lower part of the salary cap. You cannot have six superstar I'm on D. I'm glad you said this because yeah. someone just said in the YouTube chat 
Um, I'm trying to see where it is. Um, it's Jason Thiel. Says Tony Kovacevic is not going to be here. Other guys will be making the same kind of money. He's right. But yeah. some of the other guys with their potential could end up making a lot of money. Kovacevic, you get the feeling he'll never earn a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Well, well, I guess we'll we'll see with, with time. But my, my point is the goal right now is we know we have great defensemen. We want to improve the forward position, right? Kovacevic won't improve your forward yeah. position. So you, you will need – there's so many factors. First, the salary. Second, if you want to go get a first two-line forward that's going to be good on the power play, you're not going to get in with Kovacevic. You know, like you, you're going to need at one point – There's going to be a trade coming in the next two years that will hurt the fan base and that will hurt Kent Hughes when he takes the phone and says, deal. You have no choice. Like we, That's something in Montreal sometimes I feel like yeah. we're, ju we're just thinking like the other team is going to give us Wayne Gretzky for two second rounders. It doesn't work like that. You're going to have to, yeah. to give someone that you're like, oh, I can't believe he's leaving, but we, we will have to do it because we, we're missing that superstar up front. I'm sorry, but... And we're doing we're in the right direction, but we're missing that. And we have great players. I know Suzuki is good, Caulfield, Slavkowski. We need one more, one more top superstar with Dak healthy. Then we're starting yeah. to talk. By the way, the David Savard played a great game tonight. And yeah. you talk about other teams watching. There's going to be teams that are going to want David Savard. There's going to be teams that are going to want David Savard. He has a year left on his contract after this year at three point five million. Uh, for me. He's not going to extend it. You know, they're not going to extend them. So he'll be traded at the very latest by next year's trade deadline. Yeah. Would you trade him by this year's deadline, Friday, March 8th? Would you trade him? <clears throat> that that would not be my plan right now. But if I get a great offer, you have no choice. Like we're at that stage in the, the rebuild that you have to listen for everyone. There's no, like, obviously not the young guys, but even for Madison, you know, like, I know I said that before. I don't know if it was on your podcast, but right now you got a like, guy like in Tampa Bay, like Sergachev, he's out for the season basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you would think that to some to some level, a guy like Matheson kind of fills a little bit. Like he's like a, a B option to replace a guy like Sergachev. I know they're not the same type of player, but... I understand. You know, like you, teams are looking... Minutes. Like look at his stats right now. It, it's attractive, you know, like he, he, he's got a lot of points. Like he's, he's good. Mike, like he, Mike Matheson would be on the second wave of a power play in Tampa and know, he'd be able to log 24 minutes a game, 25 minutes a game. Exactly. And, and then you get a guy like Savard. Who's the piece that, that is missing in a good team is a guy like Savard, the defenseman that's going to block shot, that's going to be perfect defensively. He won the cup with Tampa Bay. I'm not saying we need to get rid of both. Because we still need. You can't get rid of both. No. You can't get rid of both. But you still you, need veterans. You're right. You cannot close the door to any offers, and you need to say, "Let's think about it." Because Madison is phenomenal in his role right now. But what is what is he going to be when, let's say, everything works like suppose Mayu is good on the power play and Hudson is good on the power play? I'm sorry, but Madison is not a third pair defenseman. I don't see him in that role. So we'll have to see. You get the feeling where, where they're playing Gouli at right D. They're already preparing for Savard to be traded, whether it's this year or next year. But they have so many left-handed defensemen 
that the right-handed defensemen they have are not here right now. Logan Mayus in Laval, well, Justin Barron's in Laval, yeah. and Ryan Backer's in Switzerland. I think I think they're preparing, and I'm just saying that, but I think they're preparing Gouley to play with Hudson. Preparing Gouley to play with Hudson. Gouley think, right, Hudson left. I think you need, you, you need a guy like every single Makar's got taste. Latang at uh, Scuderi in Pittsburgh, you know. Yeah. Doughty at the what was his name? Was it Green or? or yeah. Uh, and no, the, the guy in Toronto, he's hurt now right now. Like the Muslin. Muslin, you know, like every yeah. single top-notch offensive player in in the NHL always has that guy that can skate and be very good defensively with a little so, bit of offense. So Ryan Backer will end up playing in Matheson as you look into your crystal ball a couple of years from now, maybe we'll next see. year. We'll see, but that, that's going to be interesting because now you mentioned Ryan Backer. You got Mayu on the right, Gouley, you know, like it's tough, man. Like we And, and Mayu can play with Jackai, and when Jackai is not playing, Struble's in. I don't know. When Struble's not in, Jackai's in. We, we're, I think we're all set on the... Still, it still begs the question, where's Jordan Harris going to be and where's Justin Barron going to be? But, man, wow. Okay. Hey, that's uh, a great problem to have. <laughs> back back to the – okay, he doesn't get a lot of fanfare, but you said it at the beginning of the show. What a great job Alex Newhook has done since he's yeah. come back. Yeah. And, still, and uh, pretty big shoes to fill with, with Monaghan gone. Yeah. Those are, those are big shoes to fill. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, you, you can see he's got something there. His skating is unreal. I think his work ethic is is really good. I still I still don't know where I put him though. I don't know if he's a a good complement to a second line or a very good third line player. I I I'm still analyzing the situation with him. Obviously, we need to see more games. He's still a young player. I don't think it would be considered as a disappointment if he end, ends up being a great third line player that can skate. We'll see again. Like I'm not even sure if I want him at center or wing, but he's got the wheels. He's skating well. I mean, he's got talent. He's got skills. He's good on the power play. If he ends up being your third line center, you're building quite a team. Exactly, exactly. But that's the point, right? Name name me yeah. one name me one team that won the Stanley Cup in the last ten years that doesn't have a great third line. Just think of when Tampa won. You think they miss yeah. any gold right now? You know? Yeah. Like the, you think uh, when Pittsburgh won, it was Stahl, right? That was the the third line yeah. center. Obviously, it was Ben yeah. Crosby and Malkin. But every yeah. team has Jordan a great Stahl. third line center. Every team, every team. As a matter of fact, though, even, even Tampa when they won at one year, sometimes they even had uh, Stamkos on a second line because Stamkos can play center and wing. And sometimes it was Anthony Sorelli, but now Sorelli's obviously moved up to be their number two. You're right. Um, Just think at Ve Vegas, you know, like Vegas got guys yeah. like Carlson, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Jack Eichel number one, Chandler Stevenson number two, William Carlson number three, exactly, and uh, Nicolas Roy number four. A lot yeah. of depth there. Um, St. Louis Blues. Who did they have? I think they had um, what was his name? Uh, Bozak. Bozak. Yeah, I think Bozak, Bozak was on yeah. the third line. Maybe even Robert Thomas was on the third or fourth line when they won the cup there a couple of years ago. And that's You're that's right, one but... that's one thing, Tony. I hope and I'm pretty sure they will. But it's it's important to have great role players that are specialists. It's okay to dream about the best top two line in the NHL, but 
there's also a great job to be done for the third and fourth line because the goal is not to have a team that can make the playoffs. The, the goal is to win the Stanley Cup. And when we are, we're going to fix a team to be able to win the Stanley Cup, we're going to be good on every line. Okay. So based on what you've seen from Joshua Roy, yeah. can he end up being a second-line winger? He's still got, he's got some work to do. He's got the skills. Like tonight, the, the shot he took on the, on the post, and the thing was in the first period, the yeah. end of the first. Yeah. You know, not many guys can shoot the puck that quick, that hard. You know, like that. I know he's got a great shot. He's a smart player offensively. It's simple. He still he's still got a lot of work to do to be a top two line in the NHL on a on a team that makes the playoff. Hey, we have a thousand two hundred and eleven people watching us live right now on YouTube. It's not bad. Thanks for watching, guys. And I'm drinking water. Can't believe it. Wow. What happened? You're not, uh, not drinking a, beer right now or what? It's our podcast tomorrow, you know. Like <laughs> I cannot go two nights in a row, Tony. You can't go two nights in a row, eh? Yeah, once in a while. You're drinking water too. Good job. Yeah, athletes. Here we we're, go. We're real athletes. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we have to give them a show now because we got 1,200 people watching. Yeah. All right. Okay. So for those who are just joining us, you just said three minutes ago, for those who just and, joined us, Tony, you would trade don't, don't worry. Caulfield and Slavkowski right now. Don't worry about the time. I, I got time. I don't need to go at 11 if. Okay, I got well. Thank people. you, I appreciate that. So, what, why don't we do this? Like, let's stay on until one o'clock in the morning. Perfect. You know, I've done it until five a.m. So, don't don't try me. You've done it until five a.m. What are we talking about? Your honeymoon or what? It wasn't that long. <laughs> no. <laughs> the story what of my on <laughs> the story of my honeymoon could be just for a commercial, but not for a full show. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, no, I, I was kidding. By the way, he did not say to trade Suzuki Caulfield uh, or Slavkowski, but you know, Max has been on the Slavkowski bandwagon for a long time. But it, in all areas of his game, in terms of his uh, goal scoring, his passing, his playmaking, his vision, his IQ, his heads up, like you've been fully convinced from day one. I didn't think he was going to be as good a playmaker as he's been. Uh, I'm really surprised by his 200-foot game. And I didn't think that he was going to be this good, this fast. We know he's in a good moment. There's going to be some tough times ahead. You can't always go like this. He's going to end up going like this at one point until he ends up going like this consistently. But, for you know, there's going to be some down periods. No. And I have to say... No matter what happens to the Montreal Canadiens, to Adam Nicholas, their entire development team, Marty St. Louis, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, everyone part of the process to say, keep him here. Don't send him to Laval. We're going to be able to do just fine with him here. They were right. Yeah. They were right. They were right. I'm happy that I'm, I'm proud to say that I said, Okay, it's not looking good right now at one point, but before you think of sending him to Laval, can you please give him 10 games with Caulfield and Suzuki in a row to see what he can do? Because it just seemed like if he's playing with third liners, they might not be on the same page as him. And, you know, the turning point of the... Because the Canadians, they're not going to make the playoffs, Max. But putting Suzuki, Caulfield, and Slavkowski together has done wonders for all three of their games, all of them. 
and and this is going to go be part it's going to accelerate the rebuild 100 that's a good point there at the suzuki caulfield slavkowski and Gouley are going to decide of the speed of the rebuild is that simple if slavkowski is, is improving at that pace until mid-season next year then the management is going to have to start thinking the same way the New York Rangers did when Gorton was there. At one point, they said, we have the chance to take Panarin. They look at the people in the room and they're like, we got to do it. We got to do it now. doesn't matter the price because I think the the guys, they can, own, they can hold their ground when it's time to play against good teams in the playoffs. And obviously, I think, I think Suzuki is there now. I think he, he, in the last few months, he just crossed that line that he became a guy that now we're, we won't talk about his improvement that much. He's now he's a solid hockey player and he's a leader and he does his things. I think Caulfield is 80% there. I think he's still got a little 20% to work on that. He's going to be like a leader, super, super good player for their organization, but he's still, he still has some improvement to do in his game. Stavkowski, yeah. obviously he's young and we give him time and we don't have to or anything, but When you look at the lineup, when you, you look at the defensemen, you look at the job Montabo has done in net, I don't think we're that far away. <laughs> like, I don't think we're 15 players away anymore. Not, and that's how many players? But obviously, how I'm many players away are the Montreal Canadiens to becoming a contender? And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say contender. Okay, Cup that's, contender that's yet, different. But, uh, okay, there's Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. There's contender. And there's playoff team. Yeah. How many players are the Canadians away from being in that second category contender where they're going to make the playoffs and they could be favorite to win the first round? You're two forwards away. That's for sure. Two, two forwards to play on the first two lines. Two forwards to play on the first two lines. To, to be a, a contender or to be a first round team? To be a contender. To Not a, a Stanley con Cup contender, contender. Okay, to be to be a contender, let, let, let's say right now, let, let's be honest, we need a guy to play with Doc, and we need Doc to be healthy. <laughs> so yes, that, that's the start. Okay. We we need a vet we need a, a veteran defenseman. Hold on, hold on. You 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 need two guys to play with Doc. Well, it depends you, on you. You want New York to be your third well, line it center. Depends. It depends the you know, like yeah, obviously we, we want as much as we can to play with Doc, but we're, we're missing two fours and we're missing the, the real QB on the power play, like the, the real Chris Latang Latang type of player. And then you're, you're missing, you're missing. Not to be a Stanley Cup contender, though. I think we're far you're, away. If, if I look at the depth of teams like Colorado, teams like Vegas, yeah. we're not there yet. <laughs> but to make the playoff... You need to and, cross your fingers that yeah. Lane Hudson of BU... Plays like that at the National Hockey League level, and can dominate like that at the National Hockey League level. Now it's a it's that, it's it's a very big task. That would be a game changer. That would be. But a he's got changer. talent off yeah. the charts. His talent is amazing. Yeah. If if you look you know? at the D, the D core is going to be, you know, like we've been talking about Vegas a lot on that show. Like if you look at Vegas D, they're probably I would say one of the best in the NHL, top three. You know. And yeah. they have nothing spectacular. Like, they have just very good players. Well, Petrangelo's a horse. 
Yeah, no, no, but I mean, Petrangelo is he's a, a horse. He's, he's one of my. I had him as a teammate. He's unreal, but he's not Macar. You know, he's not like Hughes. No, he's he's he's, he's a solid. He's, he's in the second category, though. He's you in this that, category and, below. And, yeah, and that's what we could look at for a guy like Gouley, Randbacker. You know, they. I'm not saying they're Petrangelo, but they can look at those players and say, maybe I can play this type of game at at one point in my career. You know, and if we got guys like this, and if Because we're talking about Hudson as being Makar, but what about if he, he just becomes a Theodore? We're still in business. He's yes. still a great a great defenseman. So I think yes, I think we're we're so ready in a few years with all the defensemen we have. Okay, so now the Canadians have eight thousand draft picks over the next couple of years. So much so that you put up a GIF of. Uh, of someone in a, in a crowd. You have it here on your phone of, uh, of uh, taking a, a selfie with uh, a, a, an arena full of people, and you're like, yeah, look, here's Kent Hughes with all of this traffic, okay? <laughs> We know what his plan is, okay? We know what his plan is. His plan is going to beat the stockpile of the draft picks and to pull off deals the way he did for Doc and the way he did for Newark and maybe bring in a couple of more players because he's not going to use all 23, 24 over the next couple of years to draft every single with every single one. He's not going to do that. But then there's another, there's another joker that you can use. And the joker is going to be like you just talked about, the Rangers with Panarin. Unrestricted free agent. But as you know, as you know, Montreal has had a very hard time of attracting unrestricted free agents. Yep. A very hard time because... Uh, out of, you know, all the reasons that we know, right? Uh, it snows, mind you, it's been a good winter. It's cold, mind you, it's been a good winter. The streets, the potholes, the taxes, the language, the schools, and uh, you can't go fishing in December unless you're ice fishing. You can't go to the beach unless you want to go to Verdun and it's, it's polluted like you can't believe you're probably going to end up losing your leg. And, um, and, and, you know, and maybe they don't want to come here because they don't want to end up paying for a roof on Olympic Stadium that's, that's uh, a 50-year-old building that's falling apart. But anyway, <laughs> all kidding aside, you, Maxime Lapierre, and you don't have to say Montreal's amazing because we're here, we're in Montreal, mostly everyone watching is, is, is doing a, you know, is, is our Canadians fans right now. But you, Max, you played with the Canadians. Yep. You left, you went to Anaheim for a cup of coffee. You left there, you went to Vancouver for a couple of years. You left there, you went to St. Louis for a couple of years. You left there, you went to Pittsburgh for a cup of coffee. And then, you know, you left and, you know, you ended up playing in, in, in Switzerland and uh, Sweden and Germany and ended your career in Germany, I think. But so you played in different markets. You played with a bunch of guys who also played on different teams. You've seen a lot of the National Hockey League. Somebody in the NHL who's going to go free agent this year or next year picks up the phone. They call you. Hey, Max, you played for the Canadians. You're working media now. You know what the vibe is. What can you tell me? Should I sign with the Canadians? Let's just say it's me and you talking here and no one can hear us. So because, you know, you're probably you don't want to offend anyone. Just me and you talking off the record. An NHLer calls you and says, I'm thinking of uh, signing with Montreal. I'm looking at Tampa. I'm looking at Dallas. I'm looking at Los Angeles. I'm looking at Florida. What would you say? Why would he come in Montreal? 
Would you tell them, yes, come, it's a good idea, or would you say, w- if you have a chance to sign somewhere else, sign somewhere else? I would, if I have, I would if I have great players in my on my team. If you get something as a player that you look at and you have a chance to win, it's attractive. You know, you know, Tony, like we always been talking about players should be attracted about the Montreal Canadian because of the history of the Montreal Canadians, you know? And I mm-hmm. I understand 100% for people that love the Montreal Canadiens. Like a guy like me that when I was looking at a picture of Maurice Richard in the dressing room, I felt like crying every time, every game, every year I played. It, it got me right to the heart, right? But wow. I, lived, I lived it when I went to play somewhere else. And that's not to disrespect the other organization, but when people were talking about legends from other teams, I had respect for them, obviously. Uh, I had no goosebumps, you know, like it wasn't like wow for me. It was like, well, this guy had a great career and well, good job. He won a Stanley Cup, you know, like it was just respect. It wasn't getting that passion out of me. So we yeah. always have to think that for other players, you talk about the weather, the taxes, what's attractive? What's the next thing a hockey player that that never leaves you when you start playing hockey when you're young is you like winning. You can say whatever Stanley you want Cup. about players. You, you dream of the Stanley Cup. You dream about the Stanley Cup. And we've been t- talking about the Montreal market and all that, but what did we have to offer as a hockey teams in the last few years? You know, like, who is going to sign here? Why would he sign here except if that's the only chance he has to have a contract or make money? Why would he come here? Now, players, you're looking at... The, guys are smart. Like, you're looking like, oh, if I go there, I'm a winger, I can play with Suzuki or Doc. So these guys can pass the can pass the puck, can score goals. So it's starting to be attractive, you know. Like it's starting to be a good thing. They, you need a team to attract people. You need coaches like Marty Saint Louis that will convince you because he's the right guy to do that. You know, like the, having a good hockey team, I think, is the first most important thing. Like you talk about taxes and all that. Trust me, there's a lot of taxes in New York as well. <laughs> you know, like yes. in, in in Toronto. So. In just, LA as well. Yeah, just put a good team on the ice, and you'll see. You'll see. Guys are, are will start to come here at one point. So when you were playing for other teams, yeah, and they were playing in Montreal, and they're getting on that road trip, and they're going, we're going to Montreal. Yeah. What were guys talking about besides Chaperay? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they they were just saying it's a fun building to play in and all that. But you know, they the talked Mon- about Chaperay though. Eh? Tell me the yeah. truth. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah? Yeah. So every when you played for other teams and you made your way to Montreal, if you had a couple of nights off before a game, usually, but if, okay, even if you, just the night before the game, would you guys go to Chaparay? No, not the night no. before. Maybe not the night before. I think guys would go after games and all that. Like I heard that that's, that's a strip club, right? Yeah. Well, well come on. You never <laughs> stop. you have a vip card in your back pocket that easier easy no but you know you know i think like we've been talking a lot about the tradition and but that was for me like the last time it was 93 the way he stopped talking about it he just stopped talking what do you want me to say about it you know his wife his wife in the other room watching the podcast right now she's listening and if he says anything about going he's gonna get a beat no no (laughs) no (laughs) I'm not sure no, no, hold on a second. 
guys went after the game, but we you, you mean the Canadians players, not the visiting team? The visiting team's got to fly out after the game. No, we don't always fly out, especially when you play like you play like far the next the next game. You, normally you just skip. Like it's better to stay the, the same night if you have and long fly travel. Out the next yeah, day? yeah, 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 for sure. You won't fly six <laughs> hours after the game to go to go to uh, Edmonton or not Edmonton, but to go to California, like. You know, you're gonna go. Okay. The yeah, yeah. So after a game, there's 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 no curfew after a game. Like they're not. Um, you can do whatever you want, it's, pretty much. Or well, it's the NHL. Like obviously, there's sometimes the coaches will say it's time to take it easy a little bit, but reality is they're grown men. You know, like like you do you do whatever you want, and you have to perform though. Like a lot of coaches I played for, they're like they would come in the room and say, "Do whatever you want, guys. I don't care." But show up for the game you know like make sure you you do your job and you do it well that's it. perform at the game not perform at the strip club <laughs> jeez do you, you want me to pick you up and take you there or something like do you do you need like are you actually taking the viagra you you brought on my uh, podcast the other day or I'll, i'll see you there in 30 minutes well no, next time I, don't take one before the podcast no i you know i i i talked about this but a lot of my friends take viagra And uh, they got me a little bit curious about it because, you know, they're all in their 50s like me and they all take it. But I, I don't like taking pills because of side effects. I told you this. and But I asked my doctor about it. And he said, if you take it, you can go for four hours. For 20 minutes more, I don't think it's worth it, Max. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> The best part is some people are watching. and I probably believe, oh, wow, my God, he can go for three and a half hours. No, I can't. None of us can. All right, okay. Um, what, what is it? Right. <laughs> 10 minutes per inches? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um, La Poche Bleu, we'll give it a plug tomorrow night. La yep. Poche Bleu. Yep. Who do you have on the show tomorrow night? Vincent Desarnais from the Edmonton Orders. You know what? He's been on the Sick Podcast before. I great love guy. that guy. Yeah, He's great a great guy. guy. He's a real one. You know what? Do you know, was, the, story, uh, do you know the story up? about the book? Do you know the story about the book? Has he ever told you? What book? He keeps a diary. Every day, he writes in his diary, a good day, bad day, this happened, that happened, and reads it all the time. And he's got a couple of quotes in there when oh, he's nice. kind of down to read some of the quotes to kind of like pick him back up and whatever. And That's uh, awesome. Yeah, he, he talked about that on, um, on, on, the, um, on the podcast before. That's awesome. Um, he also talked about, um, you know, he made him, I think he said he made a mistake at one point and um, um, he went up to Connor McDavid and he said, you know, sorry, Connor, because of my mistake, you got the dash now on the play where you're going to get a minus, right? Yeah. And Connor McDavid looked at him and said, I played a win and I'm playing to win the Stanley Cup. You, you, I don't care about a minus, right? And it's a nice story to hear because for whatever reason, just because Connor McDavid has not won the cup, there are some who believe that he's an individual player and he's never going to win the cup. Look, there are some great players who don't end up winning the cup, but more often than not, I think great players end up winning the cup. I'm willing to bet that Connor McDavid's going to win the Stanley Cup. And I, I know that people watching right now are really going to hate that I'm going to say this. I, if I were a betting man, I'd be willing to bet that Austin Matthews is going to win the Stanley Cup too. Doesn't mean he'll win it with Toronto, but 
I think you he's a great I, player, and I think he's going to end up winning it. I think Matthews is improving as a player. That's for sure. He's he's becoming yeah. a sol solid two-way center. I know I, I'm the first one. I, I wasn't seeing seeing him at as a defensive, not a defensive, but a, a guy that cares. But you just need to bring the grit level one notch a little higher. Yeah, it'll be fine. But hey, Tony, there's no miracles in the NHL. If you don't have a good D and a good goalie, you're not going to win. It doesn't matter if you have four guys scoring 50 goals a year in front. If you don't have good defensemen and a good goalie, you're not going to win. And they still didn't fix that. So, and we'll end it with this. You believe that when the Canadians become you, because you said they're a couple of forwards away and a quarterback on the power play. Not from winning the cup, from being okay. No, no from being a, a playing a playoff team. Yeah. And yeah. okay. Do you believe that Samuel Montambo can take the Canadians there when they're Hey, I'm going to say this to finish, Tony. I, I don't know. He's been great this year. I don't know if he's the guy that's going to make you win a cup. But if you look at a guy like Aiden Hill, Aiden Hill in Vegas, who looks like a transformer right now in that, he's huge. He stops everything. I think he's 93, 93% or nine, close to 94% save percentage, 189 goals against per game. If you look, At his career, he started in Arizona, didn't work. Went to San Jose, didn't work. Went to Vegas when they had five injuries in net. They had a good kid like Thompson that was supposed to be the next one, the next guy. They had, uh, I think it was Brossois, if, I, if I'm right. Yeah, Aiden Laurent Hill. Brossois. Yeah, Aiden Hill came in net, won the Stanley Cup. You would say, okay, that was just a ride like Bennington had in St. Louis and you never, he's never going to be good again. He's the best goalie in the NHL this year, period. So it's an could incredible story. Could Montalbo do the same thing? He's a big goalie. He's improving every year. I don't know. But I'm also going to say we'll this. See. I'm also going to say this. Yeah. There are goalies that have the best stats that you have to say, okay, they're the best goalie in the National Hockey League because the stats are there, right? We yeah. saw it with uh, with Linus Olmark. We saw it once upon a time, Columbus. Remember, they had under Ken Hitchcock, they had amazing stats. Uh, Pascal Leclerc did and... Uh, And uh, Bobrovsky, and I say that, like, do I think Aiden Hill is the best goalie in the National Hockey League? I mean, there's a couple of guys that I really like. I like Shesterkin a lot. I like I like, yeah. uh, I like uh, Vasilevsky a lot. I, he's got the best stats yeah. right now. That's what I'm saying. You're right. You're right. But he won the cup a year ago. His stats are amazing. But I also believe that team is really well built and really well insulated. Right? They're they're just yeah. a tough team to play against. Their top four on defense are big boys, yeah. and uh, it's hard to penetrate. Yeah, yeah but does, that, does that make Martin Brodeur not as good because he had a, a really great D and a great team? You know, like, it's you're part of the team. He's one of the best ever, but his stats were really, really good because he played on that team with that big three and that coach. If he's yeah. not playing on that team with that big three and that coach, he's still going to be an amazing goalie. But yeah. his stats aren't going to be as amazing as they were. Right? Yeah, but that, that's a team game. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you need, you're right. Listen. You, it's, it's a team game. So it's, it's, part of, it's part of your career you play with. You play with. Like, would, would Sidney Crosby have the same stats if he didn't have Malkin and Latang right away with him? No. Probably not. No, you know, of like, course not. Of That's course not. Of the There's some situations With, that are. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. McKinnon didn't really do 100 points in his career per season, but with Makar, it seems pretty easy right now. 
Carey Price never won the Stanley Cup, but if he would have played for Pittsburgh instead of Marc-Andre Fleury, hey, or he hey, would have played for Tampa hey. Bay instead of Vasilevsky, hey. he would have won the Cup. Hey, exactly. Exactly. Right? You need a team. You need a team. Whatever position you are on, on a hockey team, you need a team. You need wingers. You need a deep partner, and you need, you need a goalie. <laughs> that, that's the reality. What are you doing Saturday night? I'm working TVS ball. You? Oh. Well, you want to ask you to come play. I was going to ask you to come play poker with us. It's Sammy's first annual poker tournament. Oh. And all proceeds are donated to cure spinal muscular atrophy. It's going to be at playground at six o'clock. It's $150 entry. Yeah. And uh, drinks are included. What's not included, of course, are the buy ins or the add ons or the food, but it's going to be a great night of poker. For a great cause, and Sammy's going to be there, and Agnello's going to be there. I'm going to be there, and I would have loved to have you there. But uh, I'll be spending money, and you'll be making money. For hey, that's for, the way. Uh, one day we'll go for sure, and uh, I hope it's a great event. Turning Sammy, I think uh, that's going to be a, a fun night, and people just go take Tony's money. That's uh, hey, you know, was pe- you, hey, you know what? There was people complaining on the chat at the beginning of the show, and you got yeah, mad. Yeah. Well, it's time to go yeah, get yeah. Tony's money, people. It's time to get yeah, people yeah, yeah. get his money. <laughs> and I'm not a very good poker player, so you could take my money. I'm going to tell you something, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, prior to COVID, yeah. uh, Agnello and his wife Rosa would organize on Valentine's weekend, Sammy's Valentine's Gala. Yeah. They started about 20 years ago to try and raise money for spinal muscular atrophy, which obviously is the disease that Sammy was diagnosed with at the young age of nine months old. And, um, you know, their first event they ever had probably had give or take 50 people. And then prior to COVID, it went up to about 700 or 750 people. Because of COVID in the last couple of years, they stopped having the gala. And this year they decided to do his first ever annual poker tournament. Agnello and his wife through their fundraising efforts, um, galas and golf tournaments have raised over $2 million Wonderful for spinal muscular atrophy. So I think, you know That's what, I wanted, uh, uh, I wanted people to know that. And, and yellow is like, I like to tease him here, but uh, what he's done for spinal muscular atrophy and all those kids that uh, have been hit with that terrible um, disease Uh, he's like a god for them because what him and his wife have done, raising over $2 million, it takes special people to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's a special person. So listen, you're working yeah. this and, Saturday. And, yeah. I, I'm going to tell Agnello going forward, the next party cannot be on a Saturday because I want you to be there. Perfect. I'll be there. And before I leave, I know we've been talking about hockey and everything, but that yeah. what you just said is very important. You know, I think we, we live in a society right now where it's too easy to be aggressive and negative. I think we need to come back a little bit to helping each other. You know, like we're, we need to be a team, not just on yeah. the ice, but in Quebec. You're right. <laughs> Everywhere. You're right. Right. E- even the podcast should help each other. And even exactly. the podcast that got sold for millions, if they end up wanting to give, you yeah. know, a couple of million dollars to another podcaster. Or yeah. I, was t- I was talking on the human <laughs> side, human side. Let's not forget hey, where look, we're from. No, I'm happy. I'm happy you said that because something happened in the last 24 hours in the hockey world i don't know if you saw it it's absolutely terrible there's a podcast out of columbus where someone called in and he basically mocked patrick liney did you see that i didn't i heard about it i didn't see it no. he mocked patrick liney and actually made a joke about suicide yeah 
And Patrick Liney took exception to it, obviously, on social media and said, guys, are you kidding me? Guys, are you serious? And now there's a fundraising effort. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, I think, are behind the fundraising effort to try and raise money for uh, awareness and suicide prevention and all that stuff. But it, look, it's, it's not because um, you host a podcast that you can obviously say stupid stuff like that. But I, I don't know if it was someone hosting it or if it was a fan that was calling in. Um, but even if it was a, if it was a fan, the others in studio were actually laughing. It's, you know, um, we got to be more sensitive to what's going on. Uh, you're right, Max. Uh, we, we, we got to help each other more. <clears throat> we got to love each other more. We got to care about each other more. And, uh, and, uh, you know, we just have to be a lot more, uh, a lot more caring overall. Exactly. I appreciate it, eh? You were fantastic Thanks, tonight. Guys. I kept you over time. That's okay. Uh, but 20 fine. minutes. Thank you so much. I think the show was rocking and rolling yeah. tonight as the numbers yeah. show. Merci beaucoup, Max. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. Good night, he guys. He is Max Lapierre of La Poche Bleu, and you can watch his podcast tomorrow night with Guillaume Latendresse. Their special guest will be Vincent Desarnais of the Edmonton Oilers. And then at around, it goes at 8 p.m. And at 9 p.m., they have a special hockey segment called the La Taverne which you can watch as well. And then you know what? Once that's over, you can watch us here right now. The Sick Podcast will be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, at 10 p.m. My guest tomorrow night, Craig Button, TSN hockey analyst and hockey scout, of course, director of scouting for TSN. Want to thank Playground. Want to thank Accent Insurance Solutions. I want to thank Energy Transportation Group. And I want to thank Labitta TB. Once again, Sammy's first annual poker gala. We'll go this Saturday at Playground at 6 p.m. with all proceeds going to Cure SMA. Get your tickets by calling 514-219-2725. 514-219-2725. And Yellow will be there. Sammy will be there. I will be there. I can't wait to talk Montreal Canadiens hockey and sports with you. Say hi to all of you. Thank you for watching. You are my sick army. You are my sick community. And I love doing this. And thank you for being there once again. Tomorrow night, same time, same place. Ciao for now. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.